you know, with, with Thanksgiving behind us now, uh, we've officially entered into what has come to be known as the most wonderful time of the year, right? Um, except that is not exactly the way 2020 has been trending, right? Um, and so uh, we kind of go into this, uh, this holiday season with a little bit of fear and trepidation and reservation maybe, um, because there's still so much that is so out of sorts in our world right now on so many different levels. It's, it's been an ongoing challenge, and we all continue in one way or another um, to struggle with it. And, and some of us know we struggle with it, Others of us, maybe we, we try to just push that underneath, but we still struggle with it. It's coming out in one way or another because it's a, it's a difficult time to be uh, alive on this planet. Um, a little bit of uh, how our past Thanksgiving went in the McIntyre household, um, it did not go down according to plan. Um, not plan A, not plan B, not plan C even. Um, so, so it started out actually about three or four weeks ago when my parents called and, and said, hey, we're canceling our trip up from Florida for, for Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I just really had some, some reservations about it. And it was the right call to do, uh, but also disappointing. You know, we haven't seen my parents in a year now. And so that was kind of um, not, not so great. Um, early last week, um, Diane's sister had to make another tough call. Um, we usually gather together with her family on, on Thanksgiving, and, and, and she put that on, 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 uh, on hold uh, because with, with, with COVID on the rise and, and Diane's parents being in the high-risk kind of category, it was the right thing to do. But, but the plan was instead, you know, we would eat dinner at our house and then go over to their house have an outdoor bonfire, and have dessert together. All right, we can, we can sign up for that. That'll be good. Um, but, but then different people in the family, in the periphery of the family, um, started, to, started to get, um, you know, concerned um, or, or just different levels of exposure to someone who's been exposed to someone who's been exposed. They said, no, we can't do that. Uh, we're going to call that off. And so plan C was... For us, we're just going to get a turkey, we're going to do Thanksgiving in-house, we're going to make the best of it. And uh, I went to get the turkey um, to one grocery store, Diane, I went to De Chico's to get the turkey, which by the way, if you don't get the free turkey and you wait too long, you know how expensive those birds are? Man. Um, so I went to De Chico's to pick up a fresh turkey, and... Diane went to Stop and Shop to get the groceries for our in-house Thanksgiving meal. She's in the parking lot. She's putting the groceries into her car, and she gets a call, uh, basically, that our son Brian, who was going to come home from Philly for Thanksgiving, he couldn't come home, all due to these, these COVID concerns. And so we basically just hunkered down, and, and we made the best of it, and... Um, we did down a lot of bird, which was good, um, but, but honestly, Thanksgiving, for us, it was a whole, like this whole year has been, you know, just like filled with frustration and, and exhaustion, and, and it's disheartening, and it's, it's one of these like just ongoing, enduring 
persevering moments, just this ongoing season. And, and, and I'm sure uh, we could all tell our own stories, and the point is not to, you know, tell our own sob stories. It's just that this is just the way it is right now, and it's difficult, and it's tough. So, so there was a point this past week, as things were getting canceled, and Diane and I were in the living room, and she was on the, on the sofa, and I looked at her, and I could tell she's sad. And, 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 and I, said, I said something like this. I said, like, let's turn that frown upside down. You know, I used the old Disney quote, right? Now, in retrospect, that was probably not the pinnacle of husbandly wisdom, um, but uh, I didn't know that at the time. But, but she responded, and she said something like this. She says, no, I, I just need a little bit of time to be sad for a while. And, uh, and you know, she was right. She was right. Some, sometimes we need a little bit of space to be okay with everything not being okay. Because, you know what? It's not. It's not. Um, and maybe... Maybe we could use some of that ourselves on a larger basis. Maybe some of us could use some, some space to be sad for a little while. Because God didn't design our lives to be lived in a social distance from other people, right? We are, we are created for community. We're created to do life up close and personal. Our church DNA is built around doing life together, and, and it's so challenging. And, and, and part of how we work through the season that we're in is, is bringing these frustrations, bringing these disappointments, bringing all of these different emotions to God and, and working through them in His presence. And so I want to kind of do that a little bit this morning. Uh, I want, to, I want us to turn to the, to the book of Psalms. The, the book of Psalms is, 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 is given to us for just that purpose. It's, it's this collection of prayers that were written out of all kinds of different situations. You know, there's, there's, there's Psalms that are um, Psalms of celebration when times are good. There's, there's Psalms of lament when you're like in the depths of, of sadness and mourning. There's, there's Psalms of repentance when you you get to that realization where, man, I just totally blew it. Um, there's, there's, there's psalms of confusion. And, and these psalms give us words to pray when we find ourselves in situations that are like that. And so we can work out what it is that we're working through with God and in His presence. And so I want to I turn to Psalm 42 this morning. Psalm 42 is a a very honest prayer of a socially distanced saint. Um, I, I call it the Psalm of Separation Anxiety. Uh, it's actually, it's, it's a passage that I've wanted to preach on ever since the start of this pandemic, and today, it just seems like today's the right day for it. And so I want to, uh, I want to just read the whole thing, uh, read it through, and invite you to maybe think about, maybe, is this a psalm for you this season. Here's what it says. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, 
Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down from within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep and the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands His steadfast love, and at night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy, as with deadly wounds in my bones my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me, hoping God for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. These are the words of someone who who is far away from where he belongs, whose life is very different from the life that he intended it to be. And, And he's alone, and he's isolated from everyone and everything that matters to him. And here's the thing about it. There's no quick fix, right? There's no prayer he can pray to just instantly make it all right again. He's he's stuck in a situation that can't be changed, and he cries out to God, and he pours out his heart, and he works through his frustrations in prayer. And if it seems like this psalm, you've got a little bit of like this and then a little bit of that, it's kind of disconnected. It kind of is because there's just a lot of different emotions that are kind of working through him. And, and one, one line, it looks like everything's great. And the next line, he's like, where are you, God? And, and that's, just, that's just this big ball of emotions that he's just taking and bringing out before God. It's, 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 it's a prayer that's filled with a lot of questions. Seven sentences, actually, out of the 11 verses of this psalm are, are punctuated not with a period, but with a question mark. There's a lot of questions. The first question he asks is this, when can I go and meet with God? And he's not just talking about a one-on-one meeting. For, for him, he understood that God and meeting with God included gathering together with God's people. And and we don't know why, but he's, he's far away from home. He's, he's stuck in some kind of foreign land, and he's, he's disconnected from his people. He's disconnected from his faith community. And that means he can't do that one thing that he longs for more than anything else. He wants to worship God together with his brothers and his sisters. He wants so bad to get back to where he belongs. He wants things to get back to the way they were. And he talks about how much he longs for this. He longs for it like, like, like the way your body would thirst for water, right? And we, we know how that feels. But then he finds that the only water that's available to him are the water from his tears, the salt water from his tears. And, and so there's this, there's this unquenched thirst that he's really struggling with. And, and I think a lot of us can relate to that feeling, right? 
You know, we're, we're struggling with all the feelings of, of separation and, and loss and the things that we want so badly to do, but we can't because of the season that we're in. And we ask, when are things going to change? When, when is life going to get back to the way it was? How much longer is this pandemic going to last? This guy was, he was filled in a land filled with faithless people, people who, who saw his plight, pointed their finger at him, and laughed at him. They mocked his faith. And it says all day long, they ask, where's your God? Where's your God? And, and that message, that would ring through his ears. That would haunt his mind at night. And, and it was actually a question that was not only coming from the outside in, it was also coming from the inside out because in verse 9, he goes out and he asks it himself. He says, my God, my rock, why? Why have you forgotten me? So many questions, so, so few answers. Has, has life ever seemed that way? So many questions, so few answers. Or we get to this point where we're wondering where God is because it sure seems from the look of things like, Lord, you've just checked out. Where are you? And the reality is sometimes life feels that way. You know, we read about all the giants of faith, right? The Old Testament giants of faith in the Bible, the times when, when God shows up in miraculous ways like Moses before Pharaoh, bam! big moment, right? Joshua at Jericho, the walls come down, bam, God shows up, right? David and Goliath, bam, the giant goes down. That's, that's the God we worship. That's, that's the God who, who shows up and He shows off. But it doesn't always go down that way. Not all the time, every time, this psalm is showing us, it's giving voice to those other times in our lives when the God who is mighty to save doesn't seem to show up, at least according to our finite minds. And, and this is just a snapshot of that struggle. It's a snapshot of it. And, and, and here's the thing, we're invited to funnel the struggle into honest questions and bring them before Almighty God in prayer. Because the re reality is that there are some very challenging chapters in our journey of faith. There are times when God will feel so close and so present that it's almost like you can sense it, you can almost grab Him. But there's also other times when He seems so distant and so far away that we start scratching our head asking questions. And there's not always a quick fix to just do this A, B, C, and then we can get back to the way it was. But we do get the opportunity, we do get the invitation, permission is granted to ask questions. And, and these aren't the questions of a cynic. They're, these are the words of someone who is who's looking for a reason to believe, someone who does believe, but who's just confused and who's struggling to reconcile this disconnect between what he knows is true 
and the way life is going. We've all been there. Some of us, we're we're there right now. And, And so when you find yourself at a place like that, here's the thing. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay. It doesn't signal that it's the end of faith. As a matter of fact, I would say it's just the opposite. It's more opening a door to a deeper walk, a deeper work that God is going to do in, in your life, and, and that you can go there. Um, so the psalm continues, it goes on, and, and, and there's this disorientation about it. None of that has changed, but, but he reaches back at this one point. He reaches back to the past and remembers a moment when things were a whole lot better. Uh, in verse 4, uh, here's what it says. We'll get there in just a second. It says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. And you know, when when things in life aren't making a whole lot of sense, looking back can be a way of moving forward. I don't know anybody here like to get nostalgic. Maybe it's just me. Yeah, I, particularly when it comes to music, and you guys know my, my love for all things 80s. Um, but, uh, but, you know, like thinking back to simpler times, uh, going back. Sometimes, you know, we're sitting around the dinner table as a family, and we get into remember men, remember when mode. You know what that's like? You know, remember when we went there and that happened. Remember we went on this trip and this happened. Remember the time she said that? And, you know, it creates these, these memories. And, and one of the things we try to do as a family is, is build up a treasure chest of good memories that our children will be able to draw from for the years uh, to come. But memories are powerful, and, and they're also purposeful. Now, n- now, don't get me wrong. What I'm not saying here is that we would get stuck in the past and disconnect from the present or the future. That's not the point. The point is that cherished me- memories, sometimes they can be a life raft that we can jump onto to help carry us through those times that are confusing. And so the psalm writer What he does is he just hits the rewind button, and he goes back to a time when life was good. It's not good now, but he goes back to this time when when life was just, his heart was overflowing, and his his soul was soaring, and, and, and he, that snapshot for him is about leading God's people in worship. He's a worship leader. And, and the way he describes it, it's almost like you can picture this. It's like, this is what God made me for, and I had the chance to do that, and it was good. Uh, let me ask you, what, what is it for you? Like, what, most of us can think back to, to a moment, maybe a time when you experienced the goodness of God, just a time where it felt like everything was clicking, a time when it was just good to be alive. And, you know, we, we call those memories mountaintop experiences, right? Mountaintop experiences are a gift from God's, and, and they matter the most during those times when we find ourselves walking through the valleys. You see, there are both peaks and valleys in our journey of faith, and, and God will give you some, some mountaintop moments, 
But here's the thing, not every day, not every season is going to be like that. At some point, we will find ourselves walking through some valleys, get to that point where life just becomes a grind. When things don't make sense, God seems far away, and when we find ourselves there, we can hit the rewind button, reach back, and remember. See, those, those memories matter because the truth is walking through the valley is hard work. It's, it's tough. When, when you're in the valley, it seems like it's going to last forever. It doesn't. And when you're in the valley, it seems like things are never going to make sense. They will. And when you're in the valley, it seems like God is so far away that there's no way you'll ever sense His presence again. But that's not true. It will happen. Valleys come and they go. And until that happens, sometimes those mountaintop memories, they're there to help us see us through. So, so look back. Sometimes it's a way to move forward. The psalm writer uh, goes on and he talks about this, this wrestling match that's going on inside him. There's the battle that is raging. And, and here's the reality is that what's happening on the outside, his situation, right, where he's isolated, alone, disconnected, and set apart, that's affecting him on the inside, right? Um, and sometimes that happens, you know. We can think sometimes that that's what's going on out there shouldn't penetrate what's going on in here. And, and sometimes it shouldn't, um, you know, but sometimes we think that's just all the time. And, and, and even the song that we sang, It Is Well With My Soul, you know, that is, a, that is a powerful truth that is sometimes true. But you know what? There's also exceptions to that as well. And, and this psalm gives us an insight to one of those uh, exceptions. And, and, he, and here's what he says in, in verses 5 and 6 as he describes what's going on inside him. He says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you at turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from, from Mount Mazar. You know, there's a, there's a difference between the end product and, and the process you go through to get there. And, and I think this psalm opens us up to the process. There's other passages that go right to the end product, but sometimes I think we, we skip the process. And so, and so there's, a, there's a great verse that, um, that comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, that Paul wrote from the bottom of a jail cell, and he wrote this, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. That's the end product. This psalm gives us an insight to the process to get there. Now, now that verse from Philippians, I love that verse. It's one of my life verses. I believe that verse. I've experienced that verse firsthand on so many different times, but I've also come to understand that that's the end product. There's a process that we go through 
to arrive at places like that. And, and this psalm is letting us in on, on the process. And so what I want to say is embrace the process. You know, God doesn't ask us to shut down our emotions, to just paint on some kind of smiley face and pretend like everything's all right when that's not true. And you see, the, the, the guy who, who wrote this prayer, when he opened up the hood of his life and he looked at his soul, he says, it's a mess down there. My soul's a mess. Three different times he talks about his soul being downcast. He says, there's, there's like a leak in the deepest part of my life and all the hope, all the courage is just draining out. He recognizes that. But he also refuses to just leave it at that and camp out there. Do you see what he does next? He, he speaks to his soul and he commands his soul to hope in God. He doesn't deny the way he feels, but he's also not going to let his emotions define him and drive his life either. You know, oftentimes we can, fail, we can fall on one of those two extremes. We can either deny our emotions altogether and just shut them down completely, or we can just basically say, my emotions are it, and the way I feel is the way it is, end of story. You probably know which side you lean on, one or the other, but, but neither one of those is right. There's, there's more to the story than the way that we feel. And, and, that's, and that's where this stubborn hope kicks in. There's a stubborn hope that kicks in as he's in the process of praying. And, and when he gets there, he, he's not asking a question now. He's issuing a command to his soul. Now, now realize this. Everything's still a mess. There is no resolution to anything, whether it's inside or outside. But... Um, but he charges his soul to trust in God. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my God and my Savior. All the questions, all the confusion, it, it's still there, but there's this stubborn, defiant hope that he tethers his heart to. You know, there, there comes a point in time when you issue a declaration to your life, when you make that announcement to everything inside of you and you mail it to the deepest recesses of your soul, right in the middle of, of all the chaos and all the confusion, my life's anchored to God, right? It, it, it's actually, it, this is the chorus of the psalm and it's repeated twice. It's, why are you downcast, my soul? Why are you a turmoil within me? Put your hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. And sometimes we need to speak that into the deepest parts of our lives. That's, that's the chorus to sing into our souls. Hope in God. Not because I can snap my fingers and make everything right again. Not because there's a quick fix and I know that if I just do A, B, and C that I'll make it, everything will be back to normal, but because I'm going to put my hope in God. He is good. He is faithful. He is worthy of all the trust that I can give to Him. And ultimately, 
at the end of it all, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. You know, there, there, there's no specific resolution to this psalm. It's kind of a fascinating thing, right? It leaves us hanging. It's kind of discordant. You know, we don't know how things worked out. We don't know if he ever got back to back home, back with his people worshiping again. But that's not the point of this particular passage. The point is about bringing our struggle before our God, struggling in full view of God. And you know what? In the times that we're in, this, this psalm can be a reminder for us that the struggle is real. There, there is a struggle, and, and it's a part of life, and it's something that's acute in the season that we're in. The faith that we have in our God is precious, but it's not a hall pass out of seasons where we need to persevere, seasons where we need to endure, and seasons where we need to just keep on keeping on through the challenges. And it's likely that this season is taking more of a toll on us than we realize. And so take it to God. Bring it to Him. We're all dealing with the challenges in some way, and here's my hunch, is that if we're not taking them to God, there may be people around us in the periphery of our lives we're taking it out on them, and it's not good, and it can get ugly. And, and, and we can do that with honest questions, cherished memories, and stubborn hope. So let me just close quickly and talk about how this psalm ultimately points us to Jesus. Because there's a way in which the words that this psalm articulates are His words, because Jesus is our Savior who left His homeland, His throne in heaven, and came to this land, this broken-down world. He was surrounded by faithless people, and He lived a fully faithful life. And yet, even in the midst of all that, there were some moments of confusion, right? There, there were times when even our Lord and Savior looked around and things didn't make sense. He even asked this question that's very similar to the one that's asked in this psalm, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, we understand on the other side of the cross that He was forsaken, He was forgotten so that we could be forgiven, he, he gave His life for us so we could be accepted and received and brought back to the place where we belong, which is into God's own family, fully forgiven, fully accepted by trusting in Jesus and everything that He accomplished for us on the cross. This is the amazing grace of God, and this is the, the template that we understand that even in those times when we don't understand what's going on, where we can't make sense of it, we can look at the cross and realize and remember that God is working it all out. And that day will come when faith becomes sight and we'll see the beginning from the end and it's all gonna, it's all gonna make sense. Let's pray together. 
Lord, I just, uh, I just, 